time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 39 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton, but most importantly, we hug chickens every day and kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Coffee, coffee. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? No, we're about to salt the caramel. That is the best stuff. It's our default. You cannot go wrong with it. So if you're a fan of delicious coffee, scrumptious scones, and really cool lunchtime specials, and you're local, head on over to Coffee Coffee. You will not be disappointed. Hey, lady. Hey there. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Great. We're getting geared up for school coming, so I'm going to be one busy lady. Oh, that's right. That's right. Man. Between chickens and school and everything else. Yeah. Plus activities. Right. All that stuff. It's been kind of crazy trying to get ready. We were virtual all last year. Our schools went back March. Uh-huh. I did not send the kids back. I let them stay because they were getting straight A's and I'm like, let's <laughs> just right. be safe. Exactly. So they're really excited to be actually going back in the building. I will be happy when Ella is old enough to be vaccinated. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we're there. But we're looking at garden stuff. We're still trying to think what we're going to be putting in the ground soon to come back up in the spring. Yeah. How, how are your gardens going? We're doing the same thing. We are choosing plants, like a lot of perennials, especially natives that are good for cutting. Yeah. Because, you know, just like you, I love the cutting garden. I'm really concentrating on trees right now. Yeah. So I want some apple trees and I want some pear trees. And we're trying to figure out where they'll go, whether they need to be espaliered, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm also, I'm a big rose fan from way back. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research on really disease resistant roses. Yeah. Because here in the Mid-Atlantic, they're really subject to things like black spot. Oh, man. So roses have, get it easy. They do. So I have this fantastic list of earth kind roses. Historical roses that are very disease resistant. Nice. I'll put a link to that in our show notes. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to all of this stuff coming together. I am so excited because every other year, my pear tree, I always say the pear trees are popping. <laughs> and this year we have so many pears. I, I need to taste that pear tree and see if it's a good candidate for making hard cider. Or they're, I guess it's called pear if you make it from pears. It's probably not because they're sweet. That's okay. I mean, they're really, really good. Maybe they're I'll do you. a half bitter apple and a half sweet pear cider. Yeah. Ella tasted the crab apple with you the other day. And she has said like five times, I don't like that apple. The fruit best for hard cider is called spitters. Yeah. Because you spit it out when yeah, you taste it. It's very sure. bitter. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always happy when the pears come like, yay. And we have peaches too. Nice. We're at the end of the peaches. Okay. So that's always a good thing. Other than that, we're just still working on yet another new run for those baby napkins. Yeah. We have been systematically building coops and runs all summer. <laughs> and we're coming to the end of it, but it's good. It's been fun. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I, I call you in the evening. I feel bad because you're like, is everything okay? Because we're building a run and I'm like, oh man. I we had been taking advantage of the cooler evenings a lot oh, of the yeah. time. Oh yeah. And the most fun part of it for me, besides kind of designing the coops to fit the breed, has been painting them all bright blue. Oh yeah. That's going to be cool. I love that color. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So. Okay. So before we move on, we just want to take a minute to ask a favor of everybody. If you're listening to our show and loving it and you want to help us grow the podcast, very easy way is to go to Apple Podcast and leave us a written review. It helps our podcast immensely. It really helps us grow. Other ways to support the podcast, you can buy some of our merchandise on our Etsy shop. There's it's a link great. in our show notes, right? 
We also have a Patreon page where you can sign up to one of our three tiers of membership, become a patron of the show, and give us some support. Go over and check it out. It's great. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. From now until the end of August, you can receive 25% off if you are a first-time buyer. We have a special discount code for our listeners, CWTCL25, for 25% off your first purchase. You can follow the link in our show notes. If you haven't heard, Grubly Farms has a brand new Grubly Layer Crumbles food. It's made with grubs and plants. Perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. Plus, they're the perfect size for bantams and all products ship free. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL25. Try it today. Okay, so it's about that time that we're going to move into our Brain Spotlight. Yeah. 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 Coming up with different ones. This week, we are spotlighting the very pretty Norwegian Yerhan. Yes. It's not as popular as some of the other chickens that we've done. No, I mean, it's not an American heritage breed. It's not on any conservation list here in the U.S. Interestingly, though, in its native Norway, it is the only surviving chicken breed that's indigenous to Norway. Yeah, it's a cute little bird. They're very pretty. I really like them. They're one step up from a bantam, basically. They're very light-bodied, yeah. They're also an autosexing breed. I can see that, and it looks like it. They have that coloring like the leg bars, where they yeah. kind of have that look where you could see that they would be auto-sex. Right, and it's a day-old chick, and I think the males have a lot more white, like a bigger white spot on the head. So, as we said, they're auto-sexing. They were developed during the early 20th century. Okay. And they're linked to Norway's old land race breed, which in my research, I found it referred to as the Norwegian country hen or the land hen. So, basically, this bird developed itself. Well, the first yes. iteration of it. Yeah. Right. And so, like a lot of other land race breeds, the birds all had varying appearances. They could have crests, beards and muffs, feathered legs and feet, and they came in all different colors. But what happened was those country hens were almost extinct in right. the early 20th century in their native Norway. And some work began in the region of Jerhan in about 1916. They're allegedly produced from a single pair of chickens and line bred into today's Jerhans. I couldn't find any more information about what this pair of chickens were, right? how much they were related to the country hen. So the breed kind of took a little drive down a country road and went around a little curve. Kind of? It started out one way, and it did have some intervention due to the fact that they were saving it from extinction. Exactly. So, yes, now what we're going to see is it's going to have more uniform look. Right. That's exactly what happened. And different things. So, yes, we did have to, as people, step in and help save it. Yeah. Again, it was on the verge of extinction. And I was really disappointed that I couldn't find much information about this original pair that they lined right. right into this whole breed of chicken. We do know that a flock of Yerhans was bred and maintained at the state control breeding station in Berned, Norway, until 1973. And it closed. Right, it closed. After that, the Yerhan was moved to a newly created gene bank. Okay. And has been maintained there in an unbroken line, essentially a national gene bank. Right. So the roosters are only going to weigh five pounds, which makes it very small That's for a, very a rooster. Small yeah. Hens are three and a half. That is definitely a very light-bodied chicken. Yeah. I mean, it's smaller than like a leghorn even. Yes. They have a moderate-sized straight comb. They have yellow legs and feet, and they have beautiful white earlobes. We were saying earlier that this chicken kind of, their body shape and everything reminded us of the leghorn. They have a very upright tail like the leghorn. They yeah. have the white pearl earrings. Pearl earrings that you find on the continentals and the Mediterranean breeds. Mm -hmm. They're very good layers of white eggs. and Hence they are, the white earlobes. Exactly. And they're excellent flyers. 
So somewhere along the line, a leghorn must have come through somehow. I would imagine some Mediterranean or one of the continental breeds that, you know, is similar. Something came through there, but that upright tail really says leghorn to me. Yeah. I'm really curious about that original parentage. I'm going to keep researching to see if I can find that. Yeah, there wasn't too much out there. No, not there was very little. They are flighty in the truest sense of the word. They like, like to fly. They can fly. Yeah. They can fly really well. Because they're smaller. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's like, chickens can't fly, right? Well, chickens can until they get too heavy and can't lift themselves off the ground. Right, yeah. I mean, some of the bantams, <laughs> I've got to watch the nankins sometimes because yeah. they can get some air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so luckily, we put tops on all of our big runs. So the year hunt is friendly and athletic, and most reports have said that they do well in a mixed flock. Okay. Which is great. They come in two colors. They're just called dark and light. Right. But they both feature irregular boring in shades of brown, gray, gold, and cream. Reminds me of the lake bar. They do have a lot of similarities to the lake bar. I thought the same thing. Of course, no crest. But I think they're very, very pretty little chickens. They remind me of the leg bar without the crest. Yeah. And the comb is a straight comb that goes completely back. Exactly. They have a lot more gold in them, especially the light Yerhan has a lot more gold in them. But still, I see the similarities too. Oh, yeah. I just think they're really pretty little chickens. Looking at the pictures of them, I kind of like the lighter colored ones. And I like the darker a little better, but they're both beautiful. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lighter color boy, the little roo. He now, is cute. The roosters, all of the roosters are really cute. Yeah. Yeah. So the year hunts were imported into the United States in 1996. In 2002, the Sandhill Preservation Center began breeding the year hunt, and they noticed an off-variety color that was developing. Okay. And so they bred it, mm-hmm. and they made it a new color variety, and they call it the Flame Yerhan. Oh, wow. It is not at all recognized in its native Norway. Right. But that's okay. The Sandhill Preservation notes that the Flame variety is hardier here in the U.S. in their experience. Okay. Longer lived. They deal better with the climate. And of course, none of the Yerhans are APA recognized. Right. So really, there's nothing to stop this new color variety from exactly. existing. Exactly. It's just know? a cool new look for them. Yeah. And Sandhill Preservation has been selling them since, I think, roughly 2002. It's like the Yerhan, but they've got a leather jacket on and it says flame on the flame. back. The I'm flame. A, I'm the flame variety. Flame um, <laughs> They're not very cold hardy. <laughs> I think that that's the difference. The flame Yerhan is a little more cold hardy. They're a little more, but, but averagely they're not. They they're need s- the leather jacket on in the winter. <laughs> They're still very light-bodied. And like a really light-bodied bantam, they don't have a lot of body mass. So yeah. if I were keeping these birds in the dead of winter, I would not opt for the leather jacket. I that's, would. That's not a bad look. I would go with the cozy coopator. I would go me. with both, man. Okay. And put a flame on the back of the jacket and says, I'm the new one. The beautiful Yerhans and the flame Yerhans are both available from the Sandhill Preservation Center. But, but not this year. That's right, because they're sold out. The ideal poultry hatcher. Yeah, ideal poultry had them as well. Yeah. So if you're interested in this little cutie, you're going to have to wait till next year. Ideal might have them, but Sandhill Preservation definitely does not. They're cute. They really are. I thought it was interesting that they've been bred here for 20 years by Sandhill Preservation. So I'm inclined to listen to them when they say, you know, this variation is hardier. This yeah. variation needs extra protection from the cold, et cetera, right. et cetera. Just because 20 years of breeding gives you a lot of information. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does that have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yes. Let me just take a minute to tell everybody about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. There are tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. 
You cannot go wrong with these chicken teas. They are so cute and so soft. In the August box, I absolutely love the copper chicken earrings and the blood stop powder. They're very shiny. I love the coin purse. It's quilted and it's going to be a great tote for my lip gloss. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Okay, so it's time for our main topic. Wait, (laughs) since when does the main topic get a jingle? I just made it up. The main topic now has a song. Okay. And today's main topic is calcium. Yeah, this is one that we were talking about earlier and a lot of information out there that we all need to know about calcium and our chickens. Right. We know it's important, but we're going to break down just how the calcium works in your hens. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain system for it. There's a certain amount that they need, certain way they need to get it. These are the things that we broke down. So what is the recommended daily allowance of calcium each day? What we've learned is that they need four grams a day and two grams of it is needed for the egg. And the other two grams probably goes toward bone Bone health, health. things like that. Right. So the thing that we were looking at is some need different. Like pullets need a little less. Right. Geriatric. We'll cover that as we go on. Yeah. It's it's really good information. Yeah. So you mentioned the two grams that go towards the egg. Yes. So 40% of that makes up the egg itself. Right. The other 60% is the contents of the egg. Exactly. But 95% of the shell is in the form of calcium carbonate crystals. Exactly. That's where most of that two grams goes. Yes. So what I was saying earlier is that pullets are going to need a little less than your adult layer. Uh-huh. And then the adult layer needs a little less than your geriatric. Right. So pullets are going to need 2.75 grams daily. While an older layer over a year is going to need four grams of calcium. Okay. And your geriatric chicken, which is stopped laying, is going to need four to five grams of calcium. What I'm thinking is that's for bone health because at that point, that makes sense. It's just like older people. Right, right. You need that. We'll explore that a little bit later when we talk about a study that we found. Yeah. So your hen will use 0.8 to 0.88 pounds of calcium every year to make up her eggshell production. She must get this through bioavailable calcium in her diet. Which is first in the food and then supplemented outside of the food. Right. What we did learn back in episodes 27 and 28 is that if a hen does not receive her recommended daily amount of calcium, she will draw from her bones. Yes, and that's not cool. No, she can draw up to 10% of calcium out of her bone mass. Yes, to help make this eggshell. We talked more about that in episodes 27 and 28 the hens who suffer from a lack of calcium and the way they use calcium in the oviduct. Yes. The other thing I wanted to mention was during molting, you definitely need to keep up the calcium because even if they aren't laying eggs, they're going to go back to that bone calcium during a molt if they're not getting enough. To draw what they need for the feathers. So calcium is so important. So we know they need calcium during molting and we know they need calcium for laying Though lack of calcium doesn't only thin the hen's bones, that's bad enough. Yeah. But it does lead, while they're laying, it does lead to thinner eggshells. And the thin eggshells can be seriously porous, which can let in bacteria. Right. And they can crack very easily. Yes. I mean, if you have a very thin eggshell, think about how many pores we said when we said, let's talk about the egg. 9,000 pores in the average egg. egg. When you have a nice, heavy shell, they're much denser. Yes. 
things aren't going to go through. When you have a very thin shell, the barrier is a lot thinner. There's not as much protection there. Yeah. So checking that egg, it's going to float real and quick. Sometimes I have witnessed this over my 20 years. Sometimes they'll lay and the egg lands the wrong ways and breaks right in the nest box. Which I've is seen that a lot. A complete mess. Yeah. So any discussion about calcium in a chicken's diet should also include vitamin D3. Yes. It's the same in people. This is yeah. the kind of thing that you can also think about when you think about yourself and chickens. A lot of things run parallel. We're all living beings. Vitamin D is a good carrier of the calcium. Right. So they need the vitamin D and they can get it from their diet, from supplements or sunshine. Right. These are all good sources that get your hen the necessary vitamin D that she needs to synthesize her calcium. Yeah. So what happens is calcium goes in through the intestines and then is absorbed through the intestinal tract to the bloodstream. The vitamin D helps increase the frequency of this so that it comes through quicker. And from there, from the bloodstream, the calcium has to travel to the shell gland in mm-hmm. the hen's oviduct. Yes. And we made a list of some supplements that do contain vitamin D3. Yes. So the first is Rooster Booster Vitamins. Yes, we both use it. We do. It's actually Rooster Booster Vitamins and Probiotics. Yes, and it comes in many different ways. So you can get it in a powder that you add to the water. It's my favorite. That's the way I use it. It's the easiest. It's super easy. You can also get a bigger container that you just add right along with a 50-pound bag of food. Okay. You mix it with the feed. It says it's to mix with 50 pounds of feed. Gotcha. And then as you feed, they eat the supplement. To me, it would be just as easy as the water. Yeah, I don't see why not. So it comes that way also. You can also feed black soldier fly larvae. Yes. Like Grubbly Farms. They're amazing. Yeah. Packed full of calcium and vitamin D. Both. And their treats. Yeah. So it's that healthy treat that they're getting what they need. I've never had a chicken turn down Grubblies no. to no. this day. No. Never. No. One of my old favorites also has vitamin D. That is Ropa Poultry Complete Water Supplement. Yes. We looked everything up in there. It has vitamin D that's packed with essential oils, herbs. It's very good for your chickens. It's very good. And then we have strong animal chicken essentials. The chicken elixir. The chicken elixir. Yeah. It's very similar to Ropa. It has a lot of the same essential oils. Yes. Yeah. It's very good. And both of Ropa and the strong animal chicken essentials are ones that you pre-measure, you add to the water. Right. And they drink it right with the water. Very easy. Very easy. The chickens need a little bit of our assistance with getting these types of things to them. They do. So with extra vitamins, with the calcium, there's different ways to get the calcium. Yes. The calcium in your layer feed is a big help. That's the base where your hen's getting you a lot of calcium. You should never buy a feed that does not have calcium in it. Absolutely. It's with one caveat. Unless, unless they're not laying. Or you're feeding roosters. Right. In which case, what I've always done with my roosters that are in with hens is I feed an all-flock. Right. And it's not a meat bird. The protein's not that high. I feed the all-flock, and then I always have oyster shell available for my hens all the time. Right. Because some layer feeds, the amount of calcium can negatively affect your rooster's kidneys. It can also affect, and we've said this multiple, multiple times, the little's kidneys also. Yes, yes. So we don't recommend that they go on a layer feed until about 19, 20 weeks of age. Right right before they're going to start laying because they don't need the extra four grams until they're over a year old. That's exactly right. Yeah. So they may not be going to the oyster shells too often because their body doesn't need as much. Right. They'll get to it when they're ready. 
a layer feed should always include calcium. Exactly. Always, always, always. That's why it's a layer feed. That's right. And the small sizes of calcium in the layer feed leads to quicker absorption. So it's quick for the immediate. Right. It's a quick shot. So then we need to back up something that dissolves slower and it can dissolve overnight as they're resting on roost. Right. So the layer feed, quick absorption, but passes out of her system quickly. Free choice oyster shell that has larger particles and it takes longer to break down. Yes. Which means it's available to her longer in her system. And as you said, the hen generally absorbs the calcium while she sleeps at night. Mm -hmm. She's up on the roost with a wing tuck. Mm-hmm. and she's just getting all the calcium she needs that and way. And that's where that final episode of making that eggshell is happening yeah. the night before she lays that egg. Right. So that extra calcium in there is really doing its job. That's why oyster shells are so important. My chickens don't like to eat them a lot. I'm always like, go eat the oyster shells. Mine are really good about eating them. They have them 100% of the time. Yeah. Well, it's there if they need it. If they you know? need it, if they know it. But the chunks are pretty big when you look at them. Some of them are. I mean, some of them are, yeah. Yeah. Now, the other thing that we didn't really talk about is crushed eggshells. That's crushed true. Crushed eggshells are good for, again, immediate. A quick shot, yeah. Look how thin that eggshell is. Right. It's going to dissolve pretty quickly. And if and you're be breaking out there. it up, you know, if you're crushing it up before you give it, it really is smaller amounts. So that is good just for the immediate time. Right, right. But those oyster shells are definitely the way to go so that they have something working overnight in their systems. And when it comes to the oyster shell, we recommend that they're kept in a separate bowl or feeder. Your hens will find them separately, but if you mix it with their feed, they'll toss all the bits of oyster shell out while they're digging for the food. When they're going to the feed, they want food. They want food. They do not want oyster shell right there. They don't want an oyster shell. So I have hanging feeders. Mm -hmm. We can have a link to the one that I have off of Amazon. Yeah, we can put it on our Amazon store, yeah. Um, Right there. And it's kind of like a bunny feeder that hooks to a fence. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just a little trough that the oyster shell sits in. It's actually quite nice. I like it so that the oyster shell is off the ground. Yeah. It dissolves very quickly if it just sits on the ground. This way, it's there. It's covered. Right. It doesn't get wet. It doesn't dissolve. And I see them eating it. Some of the new babies are starting to eat a few here oh, and there. Good. I tend to use bowls, but mine goes really quickly. Yours eat it. So it doesn't ever hit the ground for very long. I need something that is going to be there. I like these hanging feeders. They work really well. So the main important thing to take out of this is do not put your oyster shells in with your feet. Right. It's to be avoided if you don't want oyster shell wasted. And it's not expensive. No, it's not. I go to Tractor Supply Mm -hmm. and they have 50 pound bag. That's what I buy as well for like $10 or $11. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's Matapro brand. Yes. Uh And you keep it and you get a big cup and you refill it every two days and it's just there. It's part of the routine. It will save lots of trouble down the road. It really will. When we're talking about calcium moving through the hen system, so let's talk a little bit about when your hen becomes egg bound. Yes. That's the number one thing we want to stop. Right. And so if your hen does become egg bound, Calcium, getting her a quick shot of calcium can help because the calcium helps her oviduct contract and move the egg down to her vent. The other thing to remember is generally when a chicken becomes egg bound, it's due to the egg itself being soft. Usually, yeah. And due to the lack of calcium already. Right. So pushing a soft shell egg is already hard for them to do. Yes. Now, here's the dangerous part. If they really push, that egg's going to break, and then that's when the danger happens. If that egg breaks inside of them, then we have a problem for an infection. Right. Then you're looking at peritonitis. And, and that's bad. Yes. 
there could be reproductive problems that cause egg binding. Yeah. But one of the biggest preventatives is to make sure you always have that calcium available. If you do have an egg-bound hen and you need to get calcium to her quickly, we use Tums. We crush up a Tums and give it to her. Yep. You can crush up a Tums, put it in water, about two tablespoons of water, if that. I don't even use that much, yeah. Grind it with water to where it's a liquid Mm -hmm. and put it in a syringe and feed it to them that way. Yes. That will work. And that starts those muscles contracting to push that egg through. Which is exactly what she needs. Slow and gentle. So calcium is very important. Just as we get calcium from these eggs, they need that calcium to make the eggs. They definitely do. Back in the beginning when we were talking about the fact that a hen uses about 0.8 to 0.88 pounds of calcium a year to make all of her eggshells. Right. It doesn't sound like a lot, but think about that. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's almost a pound. It's almost a pound. And she weighs, what, five or six pounds? Exactly. So you're looking at a fifth or a sixth of her body weight in calcium that right. she needs to process every year. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. The other thing you can do to get quick calcium is scramble an egg and give it back to them. Yeah, it doesn't have as much calcium as an eggshell. No. So if you can get her to eat the eggshell, that's ideal. Yeah. Back in the beginning of this conversation, you were talking about geriatric hens. Yep. So we did find a study that was published in the Asian Australian Journal of Animal Sciences in 2016. The study found that aged laying hens, and they didn't specify an age. I'm going to guess like four or five and up. My guess is beyond egg laying years. So they did find that aged laying hens did require a higher level of calcium to maintain eggshell strength if they should lay. Yeah. And bone health. And so their conclusion was that closer to five grams would be beneficial for an older hen. It's just real easy. They're going to know what they need. Yeah. Make sure you keep your older hens on layer food. That's that's what we would do anyway. Exactly. We would keep them on layer food and we would always have those oyster shells available. I mean, it's a very simple preventative. The oyster shells, it's something that not everybody tells you about in the beginning. Right. It's you not expensive. It's not expensive. You kind of live and learn and you go through it. I feel like sometimes new chicken keepers are told that layer food itself is enough calcium. Yeah. And really, that's that quick shot of calcium, that quick dissolving. Yes. So the oyster shell is a necessity. It is. For flock health. I believe it is because think about how tiny those pieces of calcium are versus a a crushed oyster shell. Yes, which is a visible chunk. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah, it's true. So one slow absorption versus quick absorption, they both work together. You need both. Yeah. An oyster shell for any new chicken person out there. You need oyster shells. Yeah. It's a must. It should be on the list of must get. It's definitely on our list of necessities for flock health. Okay, so it's time for... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. And this week, we're going to be talking about... Hey, this is one of mine again. This is one of yours. This is the breakfast pizza. Your recipes are always easy and really delicious. (laughs) I love simple recipes. Mm -hmm. I love when... You know, so many ingredients, I've always said this, they come together and you taste what you're supposed to taste. Right. Like a lot of your recipes, you can have a million variations for this one. That's what I like too. It's like whatever you're in the mood for, right? pick. So breakfast pizza is really a favorite. You can do it many different ways. You really can. We generally use store-bought pizza because it's easy and you can get really good ones now. Our store is Wegmans. I don't know if anybody else has Wegmans out there, but they make the crust and everything. Right. You can get cauliflower crust if you don't eat gluten. That's what we use for the gluten and dairy-free. We use the cauliflower crust. Yeah. and I actually love that with eggs. And if you want to go super simple, you can get like the Pillsbury pizza crust. You can actually, yeah. (laughs) Whatever works. Whatever works. So whatever you need crust-wise. We like that you can make this recipe, use up all kinds of leftovers and some eggs. Yes. 
Essentially, this pizza is like a DIY. You can use any kind of crust, any kind of sauce, any kind of meat or veggie toppings. Now, we've decided just for the sake of this recipe for what we're going to do, we did pizza sauce. We did actual pizza sauce, right. We love tomatoes and eggs. It's delicious together. And we use the pizza sauce on your traditional wheat crust. Yes. And on my cauliflower pizza. Yeah. It worked perfectly. So just to break it down, here's the really easy version of it. Assuming you haven't made your pizza crust from scratch, mm-hmm. if you have, then you know how to bake it yourself. But if you're using a store-bought pizza crust, you're going to bake it for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. with the sauce, the toppings, and the cheese on it. Yes. This is definitely the pizza sauce. Some of the other sauces that you might use, you might want to do it a little differently. Right. But for this one, pizza sauce, all of your toppings, and cheese. You're going to take it out of the oven. You're going to top it with soft-cooked scrambled eggs. You're not going to cook your scrambled eggs completely. Because they're going to cook a little bit more in the oven. Exactly. So you have to kind of a lot, a little bit of movement, a little bit of time for that. So you're going to scramble your eggs. Put those on and any other veggie topping or Additions, toppings whatever else you that want. you're going to do. A different sauce. I saw someone who used a cheese sauce. Yeah. Things like that. You can do it any way you want. Like if you like meat, do eggs and bacon. The only thing we suggest is that have all your toppings pre-cooked, which it's is where the leftovers. for the kids. Right. That's where the leftovers come in. Yeah. So if you have, say, leftover sausage or you have, you know, steamed broccoli that's leftover, you can use all of those on your pizza. We even said like if you're doing it the dairy way you can do mozzarella cheese balls on there yeah they can melt you can make this any way you want and it's just a good way to use eggs in a different way you can also use salsa as your sauce it can make a mexican pizza that's delicious i mean you can make it southwest you can add black beans and corn with the egg i was looking at a lot of variations on this and I saw one where it was a simple like garlic and oil rub on the pizza. Mm-hmm. Then they put the partially cooked scrambled eggs on there and sprinkled cheese on top of that. Didn't even actually use a sauce. Mm-hmm. We saw some that were drizzled with hollandaise sauce. Yes. Which is probably to die for. Yes. Delicious. Yeah. That's the glory of this. We all at certain times of the year have way too many eggs. Right. Even after we give them the loved ones, we still have too many eggs. Yes. We want to use them. You know, you don't want to ever have to throw your eggs away. That is not cool. And breakfast pizza, number one, you can eat it any time of the day. But yeah. pizza is amazing for breakfast. Yeah, it's it is. delicious. And you could have it for lunch or dinner. You could have breakfast for dinner. Any time of the day. And have a breakfast pizza. It's just a different way to fix eggs. Right. And it's very simple. And sometimes it's just that inspiration that somebody might need to do it. Right. And really, the only hard and fast rule here is pre-bake your crust and your toppings. Yes. You take it out. Then add your eggs and then give it another 10 minutes. Exactly. So you're looking at two 10-minute stints in the oven. So you're not ruling over cooking You don't your want eggs. them rubbery, right? No. no. You don't want them underdone, but you don't want them rubbery. They will definitely cook more in the oven. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, make a breakfast pizza. Share some pictures with us. Yeah. We would love to see everybody's take on this, and we'll put out ours, too. Actually, you know what I thought about doing? Just being completely lazy and not even making scrambled eggs is just topping it with sliced hard-boiled eggs. Oh, yeah. I thought about that, too. Which would be delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me want pizza. You could put celery with it because celery goes really good with hard-boiled eggs. You could. You could do anything. You can. So you many possibilities. Use your Tomatoes. imagination and have your kids. It's fun for them. Right. Make these things and use these eggs up. I think the one thing you want to avoid is an overly crisp crust. Oh, yeah. You want that really soft chewiness, you know, oh, like yeah. really good pizza has. Definitely. Yeah. So do it. Send do us it. the pics. We'd love to see it. Love to see them. Okay. So it's about that time that we're going to do some retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this week's retail therapy is something kind of cool. 
It's a game. Yes, you heard this right. It's a game. It's a game, and it's a card game. Yeah. And it has to do with chickens. It's called Chicken Challengers. Have you ever heard of a card game that would have anything to do with chickens? I don't think so. Yeah. So it's available on Amazon. In fact, it's on our Amazon storefront. It's easy to get. Yeah. We've had it. We've played it. We love it. It is really a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's easy for the whole family to play together. Yes. It comes with instructions. You can learn the game pretty quickly and be playing in a matter of minutes. Yeah. If your family is one that likes to play card games like Uno, War, and you love chickens, bring chickens into the card game. <laughs> right. We just wanted to put this out there because there's not a lot of chicken games Well, out you know there. what? This is a really good way to be able to talk chickens when your family doesn't want you to talk chickens. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's play this game. Yeah. All the cards <laughs> have chickens on them. They do. And funny sayings. And there's, you know, a lot of play on puns on a eggs lot of, yeah, and chicken. Wordplay and puns and, and that sort of thing. You can look through and find some of your favorite chickens in here. Yeah. There are some of the actual breeds are on there. The barred rock is actually a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite's the Buff Orpington. The Buff Orpington's buff. He is buff. He is cut up and buff. <laughs> so if you're looking for something fun to do with your family, we thought we would put this out there because it's fun. It's a family thing. A lot of the elements of this remind me of the card game War. Oh, yeah. Which is why it's really easy to teach the kids to play it quickly. Yeah, for sure. And you just don't see chicken card games very much. Uh, no. Or chicken games that much. Right. Chicken in games in general, right. The girls and I went to the beach not so long ago. Did we play chicken challengers? Yeah. We take this on vacation with us. And you can travel very easily with us. It's a small box. Right. The instructions fit right in there. You're playing with the card, so there's not a big board to take or anything. That's true. It's pretty compact if you're going to pack it and take it with you somewhere, camping yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I like that you can keep it fun and lighthearted, or you can be really ruthless. Oh, yeah. And tear up your opponents. Yeah. This with a glass of wine and some friends. <laughs> it's fun. And it's worth a try. We had fun playing it, and it's two to Neither eight players. Neither one of us are serious card sharks, though. I We're mean, not. You could really become ruthless with this game if you wanted to. We could. Like, I could give you all the roosters. Yeah, Seriously. you have these challenges where you can take <laughs> things from your, yeah, you can take things from your opponent. I give you all the roosters. Well, I'm getting a bucket of roosters anyway, so. That's just the nankins. <laughs> you know you want them. <laughs> so, we just thought we'd keep it lighthearted. And put this out there. We will put a picture of this on our social media so you can kind of see what it looks like. It's really cool. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, there are normal chicken cards, quote unquote, normal chicken cards. And yeah. you're trying to win special chicken cards. You can make this really easy. You can make this really hard. The easy one, you collect seven chicken cards. Right. Eight is the standard. You can make it really hard. You can collect nine or ten. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. We just did the standard. Yeah. We had fun. And... It's a lighthearted card game that you can kind of make hardcore if you want to. Yes, you can. We have the Chicken Challengers game listed in the book section of our Amazon storefront. Right. There's a link in our show notes. You can go right to it and find it. It's a good time. Yeah. Okay. So we should tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week, we are moving over to Sweden. Yes. We're going to talk about the Svarthona. Yes, we are. Our main topic is the chicken brain. It's a really interesting. Another really fascinating topic. Our recipe is taco fried rice. This is another Chrissy recipe. <laughs> taco fried rice. And we're reviewing the birdie bra. It's another Chrissy thing. That's another. Well, no, I had it too. We've all used crop bras in our time. And the birdie bra is a really good crop bra. Yeah. So what should we tell everybody to do before we go? 
Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.